No, but I think that's interesting. I, I, so keep going. So you, you're watching. No, I, the question becomes. No, no, no. Are we? I know. I'll get there. Are we letting? Are we letting outside perspectives kind of train us to see things in a way that's not helpful to us on the court as players? That's the real question, which just sounds, you know, very involved. <laughs> but what I'm talking about is, is that if you do watch tennis and you play tennis, are you letting the commentator's stuff go through your head and you're sort of getting a miscue as to what you're doing wrong? So I'll give you the uh, example. Oh, hold on. Just so you're, you're alluding here that the commentary might be brainwashing us into believing something or seeing something that's actually not true. Yeah, I, I, I don't. I don't want to say that it brainwashing to me implies that it's intentional by the. No, I don't think it, I'm not saying that you're implying that. But uh, yeah, I, I guess all I'm saying, and that's not to walk anything back. It's just to say that I wonder if that's not severely coloring our our uh, our our view of what our view of our performance on the court, and then in turn causing us to kind of suffer. So, so what sparked this? What sparked this? I, I was watching just the. I think it was the quarterfinals of the uh, Delray Beach Open. And um, I was watching a match between American Sebastian Corda, and who's a, a younger, I think he's in his late teens, early 20s, and Cameron Norrie, who's 25, and he's from Great Britain. And I was watching these two guys um, in the first two sets. And, uh, you know, I, we had talked about this before of I'm now watching with the sound off, <laughs> which sounds weird to a lot of people because they're like, you're going to watch the sound off. What are you watching a silent movie? What's it's, the point of that? That's stupid. It's not weird. Well, <clears throat> and then I talked about how I, I related the story of the um, HBO series of inside the NFL and how you're taken behind the scenes of these various groups and you can see the guys working on game film. They, there's guys who get up at five o'clock in the morning, five thirty in the morning, Dallas Cowboys guys, you know, get up, drive in, sit there six o'clock in the morning until eight 30. When the first meeting is called two and a half hours, he's watching game film over and over and over rewinding it, playing, it, rewinding it, playing it, slow-mo play, slow-mo play. And he's literally watching and rewatching wait, wait, every so, move. So you're saying, sorry to cut you off. So you're saying, <laughs> so you're saying yeah. that they're leaving large swatches of time and space for them to see it without well, moving all the time. They take the time to analyze it like in school. Yes, that's part of it. But what they're also doing, and this is something that I, I really think is, is overlooked. What they're doing is because they have to rewind it so much, each time they watch it, they're doing one of at least two things. The first thing is they're trying to understand what just happened there. And they're watching a specific aspect of what happened because literally I think even you who plays, teaches a lot of tennis would have to do because you have to, because you have alluded to this before when you're working with somebody and you're playing mini tennis and you're watching and then you're that's playing. My, that's my game film for me. Well, hold on. Okay, so the sorry, first, sorry. no, it's okay. So the first thing you're, they're doing there is they're watching, they're trying to, they're trying to grasp one specific thing that's happening. There's one specific thing. Like did the leg move left? 
did the left leg move this way or was it the right leg or did I get pushed or did this guy get pushed? Whatever happened, they're taking it slowly and they're rewatching they're, they're They've chosen, they've cognitively chosen one little thing to look at. And then they're watching it again and again and again because they're trying to understand what happened. And they're also watching reactions from the other side, right? So if I give the tennis example, like when I'm watching in a silent way, the first time I'm watching it, I'm like, wait a minute, what happened here? Where did he hit the ball? So the actor, the offense, where did he hit the ball? Okay. He hit the ball there. Okay. And then I watch it and I see what the guy's reaction is, but that's not good enough because once I see what the guy's reaction is, let's say he's off his COG, he's, he's leaning hard, right on the surf. I also got to rewind it. Cause I got to look and I got to be like, wait a second. Was that most likely if he's leaning that far, it's because the serve ended up on the line. He painted the lines and it was tight. It wasn't a shallow ball. It wasn't a shallow serve unless it was some kind of kicker serve that really kicked up. Right. And then sprung up and moved far out to the right, to the far end of the deuce, way past the deuce, past the tram lines, the, you know, doubles alley. But anyway, the point is, is so now cognitively I'm rewatching it because I want to see the other guy's reaction to it. And now I got, do you know what I'm saying? Like, it's not just the time to space and process. It's within that time and space to process what the processing is. And what details you're choosing to focus on. Right. Because the problem is, is that there are a lot of details going on at that time. It's not just one detail. It's not just, oh, he hit the ball. Look, he hit the ball back. It's where's his feet? Where, where is this guy? And then, so the guy hits the serve out wide. I'm watching the other guy react, but then I'm also, now I got to look back at the guy who served. Where did he move to? Did he, did he put himself in the, did he anticipate and put himself in the right position? So let's say it goes wide and he's anticipating, is this going to be a block shot that lobs high up? Well, then he'd still stay more centered to some degree, but let's say it doesn't go out that wide and the guy can shag it and the guy can slice it hard wide to the deuce. Well, then he's got to move a quarter to the right toward the deuce right? To get ready for that kind of a return. If that happens. So, so, so I'm watching this and I'm, I, you, do you see what I'm saying? So I have to rewind it and go, wait a second. Okay. So he hit the ball there. So was this happening in the match? So can you tell me about the match now? What was it about the match that, that got this going for you? So what it got going was I watched a, a play that lasted seven seconds as most of these tennis plays last. And the commentator, I won't say who it is. The commentator said, "Why you can say that? We don't know them. They're not I know. buddies. They're not going to sue us. We're no, they're not going to sue us. But what if we ever want them on? What if we ever want them on the show? So what? Okay. Well, anyway, who was so, it? Come on, spill the beans. Spill it. I can't remember if it was Brett or Paul at this point. But the, Paul Anacone. Uh, yeah, I guess. Yeah. But anyway, so so the point is that so in this play, um, it turns into. I forgot who served, whether it was Nori or Corda, but it turns into, they tried to run a play on the other guy, you know, like a two to one or three to one, but then it turns into a gunfight, you know, because it just broke loose. The play broke loose. The other guy changed direction on the ball and everything went, it went kind of flowy. And so Nori ends up at the baseline. 
He ends up, he's at the baseline. Corda comes, yes, Corda comes in. He's starting to come in and Nori hits the ball and Corda doesn't come in and Nori hits the ball back to the center, to the center line. And it's not a stretch at all. Corda's right there. He's got it. He's not get off his COG at all. And Corda just literally smashes the ball with his forehand to Nori's a lefty to Nori's ad side forehand and paints the line and it's over. And the commentator is like, yeah, you know, that's what that punishing forehand can do. And I watched it and I was like, it's Nori knows that this guy can do this, knows that Corda can do this. Nori was in the center line. He had hit a ball that literally went right to the guy. <laughs> so if you give a guy time to set that ball up, he's going to take you out. He's not going to, it's not a hack shot. It's not a shot that you make off your COG, whether you're leaning, arching, reaching, whatever you're doing. It's not a lob. It's going to be a, a punishing ball. And he's not from the baseline going to drop shot you, right? He's just not going to. So you eliminate a lot of possibilities really quickly. And if you've been on the tour that long and Nori's, won a he's won his i think his first championship whatever and i just thought to myself and i watched another one that was very was different but it was the commentator was saying <clears throat> that there's a oh well he gave him a low ball and corda so nori returned nori got a return off the corner ad hit it and did a drop shot from the baseline corda comes in and can't get it and the commentator's like, yeah, he gave him a really low ball. And I, I stopped it and I looked and the ball was not low. The ball was like a foot and a half off the net. I froze it. No, it died. Right. It died. But it was also that it, he hit it so clean on the, uh, down the line on the, on the deuce side, he hit it so clean that, and court foot positioning he was too far from it. So he literally had to do a slide into it. And then he did, he did a, a forehand slice, but he couldn't make the slice. And the commentator was saying it was because it was so low, but it wasn't because it was so low. And I was like, if I listened to this, I would be interpreting this wrong. So I watched this and I was like, wait a second. That was a very hard shot for the guy to make. He was off his COG. That's one thing, but also the guy who hit the ball Ooh, that's the low percentage shot. <laughs> yes. Right? That in its it wasn't oh he, he hit a low shot. You know the timing involved to to drop somebody drop shot somebody from the base. And we're I, I see now I want to see as a coach, where was it was Corda you said that hit the, the drop shot? Uh no, it was Nori. Oh, so Nori. I'd want to see where Nori was on the baseline. Was he behind it? Where was he? Why? I want. Don't tell me. And I want. To, so I'd want to see that. Yep. Then I want to see what was the shot before that that he hit. Where was Corda, and how far behind the baseline was he? And what was his body position? So ready. And we had talked about this, I think, privately off mic. In football you get to do the Madden thing where there's X's and O's. They go, look, this is what happened here. This is what, and they do, they actually do a pretty good job in explaining what the offense and defense did here. So the action reaction and right. And also the interplay of that. 
Right, and the, and the sport lends itself to that because there is there's setup before every single play. I mean, when they, when you boil it down, I think they say you see eleven minutes of football. <laughs> right, like, like if you really get down right, to the action, right. it's about it's like eleven to fifteen minutes of actual play. Right. So there's downtime. They got to they have to fill it in. But I actually find that part of it more interesting than the game. Like you could run. Mm one play in football for me and then break that down into 50 different segments. I'd love that. But that's what I'd want to look at is what was, why did Nori do that? What was the shot that he hit before that? Where was Corda in relation to that shot? How did he hit that ball? Like all these things in the play, but what do we want? Yeah, I guess he had a pretty low ball. <laughs> you know, and I don't know if that's what we want. I know that's what we've been fed or we're getting fed. Maybe that's we're getting that fit a lot. My my idol, Coach D, who brought me into coaching when he was helping me twenty years ago work on my game as I was coming back, we were doing slicing and he said, In practice, you make that ball bounce three times before it hits the service line. Because if it can bounce three times, nobody can get to the first bounce. So we, he's like, do it again. So like if it's two bounces, he said a pro athlete from the back fence can get to it. If it's three bounces, they can't. Unless they're re- like a superhuman. It's really, really difficult right. to get the, get the wheels on at that point. So think of that. So it's not just low ball. Do you know how many slices you have to, and, and here's the, and I was doing it from like, a short ball. <laughs> like you're talking about like the baseline at the pro level. How about giving some props that this is not something that So what your point is is that through this analysis, we're not just getting all nerdy and technical, like, well, this is what happened a little bit of It's also that took amazing skill. But I think we kind of, they kind of do that now when they're like, whoa, that guy is a set of wheels. You know, they but they don't, but it's not yeah, but set of wheels you give, you doesn't give the equal context. the work that they do with the offseason. <laughs> That's not right. Right. So, can I expand on this because yeah. you were? I think you were concerned earlier that there won't be a lot of meat on this to talk about. So, I'm going to. So, we're very serendipitous. We were working with the ball machine, but one time I don't want to say. Let's keep in mind where we're going with this, just so the no, audience I, doesn't get lost. We're going with you gotta. We're you, we got to take things apart. More. I'm, I'm going. Yes. I know you're going there. Yes. I'm just saying so people are following us. Detail and, yeah. and very specific detail. Right. Not a generality. Yes. So we were working the ball machine with the high school boys yesterday, and we were doing fast wide shots to the corners. So you're like you're running like side to side, and but they weren't breaking the single sideline. The feeds were going in a way that they would catch it there. So you were able to take it as an open stance. I would say 90% of the class had, now when you do an open stance, you want your outside leg to get to the outside of the ball and you want your, your outside foot to point out towards, not towards the net. The post. Out towards the post, wide. So you're, you're potentially stored energy. Because if your foot and your hip is facing straight on, there's nothing there. There's nothing stored. There's no potential energy. And you can't pivot and rotate your hips. You can't pivot. 
So 90% of the boys were just, and we, sh- we showed it. We said, this is the way you do it. It was broken down meticulously. Soon, one of the other pros, she's very funny, that I work with says, when the ball's in play, it all goes away. <laughs> and that's exactly what happened. We made them walk through it. Yeah, 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 we got it, we got it. Fire up the ball machines. We had two going. The kids are running crazy. It was, it was a good, great class. And 90% of them are doing it. In, they're just shanking balls. They can't rotate. That looks like they're falling over. So I stopped the class. And I look at him and he looks at me. I go, he goes, you saw the foot. He goes, you saw the foot, right? And I said, and we both saw the same thing. We got together and he said, tell me about why you saw the foot. And I explained what my issues were and he explained, and they were exactly the same. So we're co-coaching and we, we bring everybody together and then we spend, proceed to spend 10 minutes breaking down and showing what they did wrong with the foot, 10 minutes on a foot and broke it down, showed it in slow motion then we made them do it, and then we did it again for another 20 minutes. And we walked around, and we just kept saying, watch your foot, watch your foot, watch your foot. Watch your foot, watch your foot. If they went to a close because they didn't, they didn't set up right, we'd say, open stance, open stance. And that detail made a huge difference huge difference and some of them were like oh now we we don't worry about oh we're not we're not doing enough and and we leave it's a two-hour class now we leave at least a half an hour to 35 minutes of just straight play where we don't interfere that they can ask us we may walk around but we have this thing of like this warm-up what we're addressing right but if there's a detail that we're not addressing and they're not getting we're going to stop the class and focus on that one detail and let it sit. So I would say all together between explanation and the two rounds of ball machine, it's a two hour class, hour and 15, hour and 20, hour and 15, hour and 20 on that. But we had to get to the detail. What was the detail that's, so that's not us walking around picking out one thing for each person where we were looking for something in the group. And I think, I wonder if that goes on in the football also, or if there's certain movements or things that permeate on a, on a defensive line. Like this, is, like this thing happens a lot. Does this happen with wide receivers a lot based on what's happening in all these? Oh, I'm sure there's certain, I'm sure there's certain norms of, of behavior that they have to correct every time. So they're looking at one thing on a leg pushing off or loading on a defensive line to block. Yeah. We're looking at you want to hit an open stance and get that foot out. And we have to make sure that, that the hips are going to roll a certain way and that you actually are going to you know load top down and unload bottom up. So you have the kinetic chain going where you go legs, hips, right? And, and the hand flexion. But all of that, get shut down if your foot doesn't move X amount of degrees this direction. Mm-hmm. Think of the impact on that. And someone might say, you know, I, I, just, I just have a bad forehand. But can you, uh, and then I want to get back, but can you explain why or exactly how, f- connect the dots here so that people listening understand that how, 
having the incorrect foot position will lead to improper use of energy or you don't have energy to hit the ball. So if you think of a spring, when someone says it's spring loaded, you wind it. So in tennis, we're basically winding. We're rotating our shoulders, which is our unit turn, which loads our hips. We soften our legs, which loads our legs. And now that's, that's energy, stored energy getting ready to release, to be released. So we load top down and we unload bottom up legs, hips, and you need, and then as all the energy comes out, we need it to transfer from one side of our body to the other. But if our feet lock and we can't pivot on the front part of our feet, especially in an open stance, the energy is slammed. It's like, boom, and it's, there's nowhere to go. There's, because there's nothing there. It just hits a wall or it doesn't, it, or if your foot is pointing directly forward at the net, and you're completely square to the net, it's, you're just locked up. So then what ends up happening is if a, a big ball's coming in, you're basically just arming it. It's hard to handle. When you say big ball, you mean a very hard, a heavy, a heavy a hard, someone, a hard, fast ball. Yeah, or high <clears> top <throat> spin, whatever it might be, but it's, it's a ball that's really moving, coming off the court penetrating in, in whatever way it may come in. But you need these other forces to get that ball back. And we focus, at least I think, at the, the mid-level, the mid-level tennis player, there's this understanding that the racket is the end-all, be-all of the game. <clears throat> and I've tried to hammer into all of my students, it is not a racket sport. This is not a racket sport. It's a leg sport, mobility sport. Divorce yourself from the ball. Get with the body because there's so much fixation. So what happened was the reason 90% didn't get it initially was because they were focused on getting it over the net. They were putting the cart before the horse. They were concerned, oh, well, well, it, well it went over. It, it, I hit it where I want, right? right? And you're like, but that's not what we're working on. Right. So then when we sped up the ball machine. So that's another failing too, is that we're looking at success. We're looking at success the wrong way because you, and you've said this before, um, and we should make this as another topic, but um, we're looking at six, we're looking at success the wrong way. So we are looking at success. If we've, if, if we didn't make our shot the way we intended to make our shot, but we won the point. <laughs> Bingo, success. And that's not the way, not that a pro is the be all end all, but that's not how a pro thinks about it, right? A pro's like, yeah. It, it drives yeah. me crazy when you see somebody playing or they're in a drill or a class and somebody just hits a ball that's a winner, but you could tell they... <laughs> That was nothing what they intended. And someone's like, oh, great shot. And you're like, are you kidding me? She closed her eyes, stuck up the, the handle, and it hit the back of the handle and flew over it, spun off, and then dropped over in this weird, like, screwball way. And you're saying, nice shot. 
And then the worst is when that person takes credit for it. You're like, you couldn't do that in a million years if you tried again. It's it's absolutely insanity. Just own it. I, you know, it's, again, just say that was nothing like I intended. <laughs> it was compl- a complete fluke. And let's not celebrate that because that's horrible. <laughs> it's so annoying. But I think it's, it's not that the pros end will be all. It's this is what it looks like. When you dedicate yourself to artistry and mastery, you're inspired by that, but you have a job and a family or whatever you have going on in your life and other pursuits, but you appreciate it so much that maybe you can get 30% of that artistry and mastery. That's just as cool. So now let's flip it. Okay. Why you would want to know this. So some people would say, that's great. We have technique. That's awesome. I got my foot out. I'll do it. Blah, 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 blah. But there's something else to it. There's a gift there. What's that gift? The gift is you can flip it to the other side. What if you're so good at analysis and you know this stuff, you can see that the other guy's not doing it. He can't do it. Ah. Uh, and then what? Oh, oh, yes, please do it. Okay. Do it. <laughs> it right? Becomes, becomes a tactic. Oh. An offensive tactic. So it flips from a... A technique to a tactic. Ah, uh, but a lot of people also just focus on their side of the coin. Mm-hmm. We had spoken about this in a previous episode. Yeah, but that needs to be a whole. I'm right. telling you, that it's, needs to be. They they just see the game from their perspective, not from the other perspective. But talk about elite that. elite players do, but not club players or meaning that. They are so focused on their own deficiencies. They're not looking at the other players' deficiencies as a way to exploit them to win points. Right. But that's now a, that's a real tactic. Absolutely. I mean, you've talked about this before when you've said the first few points, you'll, you're probing, you're testing. What can he handle? If I change pace on him, can he handle it? If I hit it short, can he handle it? If I hit it hard at him, will he move? Yeah, but hold on. We have to take this deeper, though, because other coaches that are listening might say, well, duh, of course. We, we say they have a their forehand's better than their backhand, so work their backhand. But ready? That kind of, the way I just said that, is a disservice to your student, to your player, because that's the same commentary as, oh, they hit a low ball. <laughs> Why is it a weak backhand? Tell, be very specific because specificity will lead to interest in their own game. Right. So if you become very detailed about why they have a weaker backhand and that's why you're going to exploit it, it's their footing. So then hopefully your player will connect the dots and go, oh, so if his footing's wrong there and this is why the footing is wrong for this, I should pay attention to my footwork. So I have to just, so I'm going to give you this story. It's kind of related, but kind of not. It shows why detail is important. So in one of the practices we do with my sons, they serve and I return. <clears throat> and I, I purposely, I, they return too, but I, I return sometimes because I want to try a variety of returns on them that they may not be doing with their brother, Right. So in other words, if they're going to serve, sometimes I'll block shot it and try to do a drop shot from the baseline, and I can do it sometimes. Sometimes I'll lob it up. Sometimes I'll hit it down the line, and sometimes I'll hit it cross court 
you know, depending on what I can get to and how I can do it. But I am consciously trying to do that. And their brother can't necessarily do that or isn't going to do that yet because they're too little. But one of the things that we did in practice was serve, return, and I kept hitting it to the same spot. And I kept saying to him, listen, I'm going to hit it there. You've got to figure out what you're going to do. Either do something different on your serve or get ready to get to that ball. (laughs) Those are your choices at this point. But then after we worked through it for a while, I said to him now, and this is just from me playing. I said, now, do you see you're hitting that serve, but you're hitting it one way. You don't have to hit it that one way all the time. And I explained to him that you could make the ball do different things if you wanted to, if you really put your mind to it. Now, they're not that sophisticated enough to do all that yet, but just the thought of having this conversation with my little guy who's under 10 and saying, listen, there's ways you could serve it and you could make the ball kind of skid. There's ways you could make the ball bounce and hop. There's ways, there's, there's other things you can do with that ball And some people would say, well, why? I mean, they're so little. They'll learn that when they're teenagers. But the idea is to give them cognitive runway. And that's what I think we're really talking about here is cognitive runway, isn't it? Yeah. And I like that, that phrase, because what happens is with kids, if you introduce a concept, even if it seems like they're not paying attention, they're going to reflect on it at some point. It doesn't necessarily, the the situation's fluid. (laughs) They'll get around to it. So do you remember, can I just hijack your thought for a second? Yeah, yeah. So remember I did the energy class. I was all excited about doing Frisbees and talking about energy distribution. Mm -hmm. And energy distribution vis-a-vis throwing a frisbee throwing frisbee and we did a frisbee golf course on, on the tennis court i put up some boxes so the girls come in the boxes represent the golf holes for people who don't have a visual frisbee golf the boxes represent holes that you'd see on a golf course right it was just for it was, it's an hour objective class. is to take these frisbees and go along the course and get to the hole just like golf but throw yeah. them and whoever gets mm-hmm. the least amount of throws to get right. in and we did four holes right so the whole thing took i don't know 20 minutes right but I had an explanation of energy last week and they were sort of into it. This goes to what you say about cognitive runway. And they were kind of, and my, the vibe I got was when are we going to play tennis? Or maybe that was my own insecurity on, I was doing something, which is weird because I've done this. <clears throat> Excuse me. I have done this. I don't know why I would feel that way, but I was just feeling like they weren't into it. So I always feel bad when I feel like I'm doing something that they're not into at that time. So we get through it and it was just kind of like, eh, it's okay. But I was excited about the class and I was just kind of bummed out. Had the class yesterday, they walk in and three of them said, are we playing Frisbee golf again? And I was like, really? And they were like, yeah, that was awesome. But the vibe I got was was not awesome. So that's interesting because because of kind of how you are as a person, you overlaid your you projected your reaction, like what you would hope would be your reaction to it. And they were probably 
muted because they were processing this whole thing. Yeah, yeah. Kinda, right? No, and, yeah, exactly. I, I missed that day I misread it. And I and I work on reading. Reading my students and trying to figure it out. And you're correct. I pre- In other words, they were like, you introduced this thing for the first time, yeah? And to, for these four, yeah. For these four, you introduced it. And they were like it it just was like a it was like someone put a paper bag on their heads and spun them around three times and said, okay, now go play tennis. <laughs> right. Yes. And they were like, wait a minute. And they're disoriented after the bag comes off and they're like, uh, okay, tennis, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. And then they play it and then they react to it afterwards and they go, what, 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 what just happened? How did, uh, uh, right. And then they leave like shell shocked. Right. And you're like, because they didn't go, yeah, this is so fun. Maybe you've been around little kids too often. <laughs> but yes, because little kids, we want little that kids would rea- reaction. Little kids would react like that. Be, oh, this is awesome. I love this. This is so much fun. Can we throw the Frisbees this way? Can we throw them at each other? Can we throw them up in the air? And you're like, no, 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 no. Hold on. We can do that afterwards. Right now, let's just try to stick to the, ga- the, the golf thing. <laughs> oh, look, it's a hat. It's a hat. Oh, look, I can put it in my pants. Wait, it's a shield. Shield. You whip the balls at me and I'll see if I can deflect them. Then when you use deflect, but you get the idea. So, so the thing is, when we think about taking things apart and and looking at them, we see that it's pretty critical and how important it is. Don't don't deviate. Don't deviate. No, I'm trying to no, get no, us back. No, no, to- I'm, we're, no. There's nothing to go back to. You're, you're, we're, this is part of it. You're you're deviating from cognitive runway, and I just gave you the example of what uh, it is. Was- what what what. We need to explore that before you get back to details because what happens is I misread a situation and if they didn't come in and say that, I we did it. We did it for this time, 35 minutes. And they then and then we talked about ener- just energy distribution and it was very obvious when someone like threw the Frisbee so hard, it went completely the op because that's what I like about frisbees it went nowhere near where it was supposed to go so then when we went back to hitting and somebody like swung too fast and they launched it off the court I didn't say anything she goes oh that was way too much energy boom boom but I was not planning on doing that because they came in and were like are we doing that again I misread the situation I projected the week before and was going to dump it. But this gets, to ex- one- this gets to exactly what we were talking about when we started. Because the thing is, had they allowed your colorization of what happened the time before to impact them, they wouldn't have come back and said, can we do it? So in other words, if, if they had read you when you left the class and you were like, yeah, okay, it was all right. All right, let's move on. Okay. We're, you know, and they're looking at you like, huh, he didn't like that. I guess it wasn't worthy. I guess it wasn't worthy. Oh. I guess it wasn't worth our time. Huh. Oh, you're so, so what you're saying, so are you implying that their cognitive runway can be shut down based on my reaction to the thing that I wanted to do or not just shut my perception down. of it. Yeah. It not just shut down, but this goes back to what we're talking about with the color commentary, not just shut down. It could be diverted. <laughs> so, right. So it could be runway left suddenly <laughs> because you're coloring it with, through your own lens. I, I had, can I just process this please? Yep. So we need a processing button. 
Can we? Do we have another? What's what? Is, what is that bright orange button? Do, do don't we? don't press it. Don't press it. I'm Why? afraid it'll explode. No, no. Do the old big orange button. No, me. no, no. We did this. It's a music thing. Let's not oh, lose no. your. Let's not lose your thing. No, I'm not going to do it. No, push it. I, I'm, I'm not going to do anything oh, to you. Come push on. It. It's. A, I push don't. It. No. Yeah. <laughs> I, I know, told that's, you. That's, no. I, I, <laughs> <laughs> I'm processing. I process. This is oh, okay. Yeah. It's a moment. This isn't really what people were. Okay. I got it. I'm processed. Okay. <laughs> that's not what I thought. Are you happy? I hope you so, processed. No, that's a good thing. Like, we'll be right back. You friggin' so, New Yorker. Sully, let's Sully's go. Processing right oh, now. yeah. I'm excited about Let's go. Let's just walk through this. I'm excited about something. I start doing it. And how I'm reading the situation incorrectly <laughs> And I decide to, well, this isn't working. I'm going to dump it right now when I move on. And I cut it short. That's me projecting what I think the students are getting out of it or not getting out of it. So I cut it versus giving it my all and all my enthusiasm all the way to the end without worrying about if it fails or if it succeeds and letting it germinate and then see if it comes back again in conversation. But I, but I have to see it through and I have to own that. And now, now I'm reflecting on maybe, you know, and I've, I started doing this. We had spoken about this also in an earlier episode about when something's going well, I've really worked on the last few weeks not deviating from a drill that's going well. So I'll say, hey, it's a game to 12. And like, oh, that's 12. I'm like, oh, no, no, I made that up. It's going to 18 now. And they're like, 18? I'm like, keep going. And the drills now are lasting a little bit longer. And collectively, people are playing better. They're actually, and I'm only getting to like two. There's like a warm-up. But they're, it's going longer, and the play is better. And I realized, now, now I'm connecting the dots for my younger classes. So... If I don't play something out and let it sit, and I and I, it's really hard, right, as a teacher or as a coach or even as a parent, don't react to their reaction is what you're telling me because- No, I'm telling you, okay. don't misread their reaction. Wait. And, and give it some space. Because you're reacting to what you perceive as their reaction, but it's not, in fact, their reaction. And they can't explain it. You were perceiving that these girls were- bored or didn't like it or whatever yeah, they were flat it was like are you kidding we're throwing frisbees right now i was, I was kind of annoyed right like you float frisbee, mm. frisbee golf but so you you projected you 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 read their misread their reaction i wanted a disney world reaction right and you didn't get it so you were like well this bombed i, I got, guess i tried I, you know what I got? you're like the comedian that you know the warm-up act like all right well i gotta try a different joke you know what i got mm. zucchini pie for dinner Right. Reaction. There you go. Oh, Kini. <laughs> Delicious. Healthy. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Thanks. That, no, there. Oh, we're throwing Frisbees. Right. Oh, okay. What's this game? Because what they might have been doing is like, and I can't speak for them, obviously, but I'm going to, because <laughs> it's fun. They, <laughs> they're sitting there going, Frisbees? W2F, man. I don't, I, this is tennis. What, what are we doing here? A little suspicious, a little like, huh? What? 
It'd be like if you took out cooking utensils and you were like, hey, everybody, we're going to make the eggs. All right, everybody grab a bowl and everybody grab the eggs and we're going to start cracking eggs. And let me, let me show you the potential stored energy within the egg before the crack. And now it is. <laughs> and you start scrambling all this stuff and you're like, oh, look at the energy. Look at the energy that you use. The wrist movement here with the whipping is very similar to what you'd use with the tennis racket. Let me just go there. OK. And they're like, huh, what? Uh, oh, yeah. And then the next week they come back and they're flat. And then and then you're like, oh, God, that bombed. I'm not going to do that again. And you put all your stuff away. And then all of a sudden they're like, are we going to do the eggs? Yeah, yeah the where's eggs? the whisk? Where's the where's I, the whisk, can man? We, can we try that again? I, I don't know. So the point is you're overlaying, which is common. It's everybody does that. You're overlaying your interpretation of their feelings. You're interpreting their feelings about this and their thoughts because you want to please them. They're paying for you to teach them, but they're also paying. And so you feel a pressure to teach. And even though you had this idea and you believe in its effectiveness, you allowed your colorization of that to erode your belief in what you were doing and it trashed it. And I think to bring this back now to your commentary, doesn't the, the commentator is not going to give you Frizz disc golf. They're not going to give you the disc golf breakdown of this is going to germinate for another week. We need the Disney World payoff right now. Right. So we're going to give you the one word answer that makes it really easy. And you can, here's the cookie. But the problem is, is that uh, there could be mistakes made. But more importantly, the two things that it does that are not so great or are awful really are it shuts down your willingness to want to cognitively analyze that and create your own runway because you've been given the cookie instead of you sitting there saying, hold on a second. I don't care what he just said. I want to see this rewind. What? Rewind again. Huh? That wasn't low. Rewind again. Slow-mo. Oh, look at his foot position. Look at the other guy. Wait a minute. Hold on. Rewind. Let's do it again. And you do that like 10, 20 times, right? And now all of a sudden you're like, it wasn't what happened at all. Or you're just like, why didn't we focus on that? Why didn't we focus on this other thing instead? Why did we focus on the ball that that guy hit? Why didn't we focus on the other guy's foot positioning? And I think that this is a classic mistake that is made over and over, which you alluded to earlier. And this is where the technique becomes a tactic. We're only focused on our game. And we're not focused on the other guy's game. What's going on here? Why would I focus on the other guy's game? That makes no sense. Are you kidding me? Focus on his game. Listen, I've got my own thing to worry about. My serve. Oh, I still got to do this. My forehand is good, but my backhand, I don't know. Wait a second. Why don't you look at what the other guy is doing? Well, I've never been trained that way. And that's really the, uh, the God's honest truth. I am going to give everybody a free pass right now. And the free pass is, is that no pro. Oh, you're going to hate this. I can feel it right now. I know you're going to hate this. I, I, I forgot my shield. No, 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 pro. You, no pros are it's coach and he's going to say, he's going to say, he's going to say, he's going to say, well, students don't want that. They oh want the God. big payoff. No, 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 no. I'm, no, I'm just telling you, honestly, honestly, we're not teaching that in tennis. We're not teaching. You might be teaching it, Some, but right. I'm saying we're not teaching it because I think we keep, in other words, we keep, I see this in lessons all the time. We keep teaching the same stuff over and over. Okay. Foot positioning, you know, foot, you know, footwork and, and hit the ball and all this other stuff. And, and we, we spend so much time on that, that we don't even get to interactive play. 
let alone within the context of interactive play, wait a second, what's the other guy doing? So afterwards, I want you guys to go play, and this could be your high school class, I want you to go play, let's go play a couple of games. Let's go play a, let's go play a set, whatever. Let's go play a couple of games. Now, I don't want you to talk at all about what you did or didn't do. I want you to get out the notebook that we talked about in another episode, so go listen to it, you three viewers or listeners, and go get the notebook and I want you to tell me what you saw in that other guy. Cause it's hard. We're not trained to be observers of that stuff, but we need to, right? Because that's half the battle of trying to play good tennis. Isn't it? Coach hater. <laughs> I wear it with a badge. Yeah, of honor. Imagine if it helps make things change, I'm okay. fine. I'm cool. So I'm going to agree and disagree with you. <clears throat> It, from your, you, I don't know how many classes you're seeing when you're out there. So no, I, I usually see a lot of privates. R right. So there, that's not the venue for that. Privates. Right. Because if it's one on one, <clears throat> right. I suppose. I mean, the pro could usually, the pro could play the kid. The pro could actually play the kid. I, I no, never no, see I, that. I get it, but most privates <laughs> are about. It's like a golf lesson, right? You're you're still trying to break down your own game so you hit a cleaner but ball. But wait, and no, I have no, to, oh, you're going to get mad at this, but uh, I have God. to say this. I'm going to get mad a lot today. I know. Well, I don't mean to. But so, but I have, that's a real question I have. Ultimately, aren't we always trying to train to play the game? So I, my question is, in the private lesson, and I don't want to derail this, but in the private lesson, I never see, and I see a lot of privates happen. I never really see the coach get on the other side and either serve or return with the, the student. Well, I, that's the, <clears throat> not my, me, not you, me. you, you might do and, it. And I have a, a couple other coaches that I work with that also are out there like playing, playing. Okay. That, that's cool. I'm just saying in the, the lesson, I see a lot of lessons and I never see that. And I'm always like, and when I ask, I just, I never see that. And, and the, the reason why I'm tying this is not to pin coaches to the wall. I'm saying it because if you were to do it with your coach, you're saying it's not conducive to a private, but I'm saying if you were to do that with your coach in the private lesson, it is in some ways better because it's so intimate. It's so one-on-one -on -one. the coach could say, look, I don't want you to think a thing about what you're doing right now. I want you to watch what I'm doing on my end sure but i think that in that lesson you want to have one it should be more than an hour <laughs> it should sure be, it should be yeah. two and then you need to find somebody to play against and then you do a semi-private with two and then you're coaching both sides right and then you say here i want you to focus but on getting players to think about what the other guy's doing yeah that's, so that's my, the idea my co-coach has a great thing he does where in our high school classes and we'll ping, we did this last year before the Coveys, where we had doubles and singles matches, and he would bring them up to the net and say, okay, tell your opponent your three weaknesses. And then the other guy had to say the three weaknesses. And then their job was to explain. Oh, that's so no. hard to do. No, is that that's, good? No. no, I think it's great. But, I'm just saying. but that's, so that's what you, that lends what you're talking about. Where, but here's what was interesting. We would then walk around. Did they bluff? 
Do you think any of them? No, 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 no. They really had to do it. No, we called no, them out wide, too. And no. we're like, oh, my weakness is my serve. <laughs> no, and, and my co-coach is hilarious. He's like, that's not one of your weaknesses. <laughs> and the guy's like, it's not? Because like, it's no. so competitive. Yeah, it's so competitive. They can't, yeah. Right. So, but what's interesting was, and this does go to what you were saying, as we watched and knew the weaknesses that they all said, some of the guys forgot. They were, again, fixated on their game. And we'd say, they told you they, they can't they have a weak they can't get to a drop shot to the do sides they're just not fast enough right why and then right hold on well i can't hit a drop shot but then you're hitting it to their they're hitting to their back and they're ripping a winner so the thing that you know can beat them you're not even willing to risk hold on so ready you're losing because you refuse to hit the shot you're not so this, well, hold on, this is, and this is a whole, I actually made a, a note about this on my phone last week, which I want to talk about. You're going to keep hitting to their wheelhouse and they're smoking you. Because you're insecure about your shot. Correct. And yet the answer is there, but I don't have a good drop shot. You're losing. See, I would have thought, <laughs> I would have thought it was the other element, which is that in the heat of battle, the cognitive brain shuts off. And body brain kicks in. Yes. And that's the and other one. too. You have to consciously train yourself. Override. You have to have like a, a mantra override, which is drop. You know, or you have to say to yourself drop. And, and you know, when you feel that situation, you got to cognitively go drop and your body automatically goes, okay, boop, I'm in this position. Even if I am not good at it, I'm going to, I'm going to execute it. The drop, right? Right. Because your brain shuts off. So there's, so, so, there's so, you, that. so you had two players, to right? To be fair. There's that. No, no, yeah. there's, there was multiple. So there's the person that knew the answer, but didn't have the shot to do it. So they were willing to lose like, <laughs> pretty easily because they, they will never, ri the, the risk assessment. That's was the same thing I go through all the time with my kids. When we talk about running plays, I say, run the play. And they say, the first thing they say is, is I don't want to tell you what my play is going to be. I, what am I? And I'm like, we're practicing. And then the second thing is I say, run the play. And he says, well, what if he gets it? Kids do this all the time. <laughs> the guy gets it. It doesn't mean he can get it all the time. It might've been a fluke. You don't know. And they're like, well, I can't run that again. I can't risk. You can't risk what? You can't risk losing a point in a practice match. The Mercedes and the million dollar check are not waiting for you. I got news for you. I'm sorry to break the news. <laughs> You're nine. <laughs> it's okay. I just tell you, I said that. I say that to my kids all the time. I'm like, the Mercedes and the million dollar check are not waiting for you. This is a practice match. You got, and they're like, oh, okay, okay. There's a glass some water and some broccoli at home right this is about as good as it gets enjoy so yes you're correct that there's the cognitive shutdown also where it's a one-sided match where you're just thinking about your game and what you're hitting that you got it to the location that you wanted it to go to but not necessarily the impact it has on the other player and then it's like oh i can't believe they got it you're like what do you mean can't believe they got it that's what but they this want. for people who are listening are like you guys wind every which way no yes we do but this is exactly what we started off talking about which is slow-mo replay looking at this stuff and really stopping to think what am i doing what's he doing what didn't i do what didn't he do whatever and really doing all that so let's call that the cognitive runway so what you're doing is you're you're yeah. you're landing the plane on the runway 
That's the end of your journey. Like, like so you're slowing down. Like you're you're decent. Or I like to think you're taking off. Oh, oh sure. but we can look at it two ways. It's, yeah. it's it's fine. You're, but there's a series of steps that goes into taking off and landing. Yes. Okay. And within the context of those steps, we're taking off right now. Okay. He can't handle the drop shot, but I don't. I don't have the drop shot, so it's icy out. It's strong winds, right? So I don't want to fly up that high, but I know that I need to in order to, to safely get the plane up. Right. Oh, okay. I know to win this, I got to get to the drop shot. But if I hit deep shots to the forehands and backhands, he pummels me. So what do I do? So now it's risk assessment. You're losing. You can't always take the drop shot, but, but you're you going to have to. And you're going to send it. Right. But maybe, but maybe you can figure out how to create the situation that betters your chance to do that. And ready? And I've said this a million times to my students. I've said it before here. These are acceptable losses. Name me a game where you win and lose every single point. You have to be willing to risk. You have to play outside of your game. And so this was the other thing too, ready? There is accepting your game, accepting your game, and what it is that what you have, the tools that you have, and then accepting the strategy that you need, which may be outside of the tools that you have. So wait, I got to stop you. I think that's one of the biggest problems we're facing right now is that people aren't accepting of their game. They step into a game and they're not accepting of it. They're so darn critical of their game that it overwhelms them the emotion overwhelms their cognitive processing or their comfort. And so they're just like, I, 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 or they'll say though, but they'll say, but that doesn't feel comfortable. So they assume like that that's wrong because this isn't watching net binge, watching a series on Netflix <laughs> on a Saturday night with a bowl of popcorn and your feet up on an ottoman. You're playing a sport. Can, can, can I play something? Yeah. Okay. So this is, this is not from a book. This is how I, organize my thoughts uh-huh. in life because I'm on the go. Uh-huh. Um, but this occurred to me. Uh-huh. So can I, can I just hit this here? Yeah, you got to put it up to the microphone. Though. The microphone. So you put the, your speaker up to the microphone I'm, and then you hit the play button. <laughs> can, can we break that down? Good on the old game Long film? Island. Can we break that down on the game Good film? Long Island. Sully, now hold the phone. I can up. have a skull ring, but I can't figure out how to do this. <laughs> go ahead. <laughs> Rock on, brother. Coach hater. All, All right, here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Silence and acceptance. The sport centers around moment pockets and moments of silence. So we need to build that into our practices where we technically are bombarding with a lot of concepts versus actually leaving the space to learn about space and silence. And then there's acceptance of the game that we have versus the game that we want to play. So if someone plays aggressively, we want them to play, but they're better off playing defensively, they should do that. And if someone is plays, their personalities play more defensively, but it's better in their, um, they're playing to play more aggressively, they need to get comfortable and accept that. I think that's really good. Really well said, but really confusing. <laughs> so you got to take that okay, apart. So, so you have something that, can, can I use your kid, Cannibal, as an example? Sure. Would you say that he's aggressive? No. <laughs> yeah, he's great aggressive. But, uh, and I'm not, I'm using this example. Don't do the thing where you're like, well, that's not him. Like, I got it. It's an example. He's high energy, 
really aggressive. But when he plays that way, we're now, I'm now filling in the blanks of the personality type. He mishits constantly, is too quick that they run into the ball. Their brain is operating so fast that maybe a better game for Cannibal would be to slow down and play something more conservative with a moment of aggression versus so kind of like reeling in the animal reeling it in a little bit and saying i want you to play more conservatively well i do that in the in the small point i i I got it again you don't need to break it i'm not talking about example how i did it no i I, it does but it doesn't matter if it's him it's just i'm using as an example sure and we don't need to defend or clarify or you have somebody that's their personality type is more demure and laid back but they hit really clean and you're like you know you need to be more aggressive uh, meaning like you'd benefit from this and like, yeah, but I'm, I'm kind of a, I don't like that feeling of being out of control, but you have to give them limited instances because when you do a broad brush statement like that, I'm telling you emotionally and cognitively people shut down. They're not accepting of your idea because it's too broad brush. You got to give limited because it's so, cause it. hold on, cause it's so, it's, it's so antithetical adi- to who they are. Right. So there has to be, right. So there has to be an element. I get what you're saying. There has to be an element of this, but you have to get them to accept. They need more of that. So here's an example. I have a guy who I, I've been teaching for years, older guy, and he loves to hit hard in doubles. And every time, every opportunity he sees where he should crush it, he does. And it usually goes to the back tarp or, and everybody does or in the net. And he's like, Oh, and I'd say to him, why didn't you just dump it off on a soft shot? There was nobody around. It doesn't feel as good. Right. But does losing the point for the Which last... Which is his, his operating MO. And if you tell him to not overall not play aggressive, you know, you really should back off. You really should whatever. It's it, You're basically telling him that he's worthless. I'm not saying you are. I'm just saying... No, I... I it, and a guy no, like so, that, yeah. So, but guess what? Seven, eight years later, he's, he's now... He's, <laughs> Thousands of dollars. Right, no, but but he's he's been in a drill for with another couple... And it's a mixed drill, men and women, and they're great. They're great, but now he started hitting softer. He's more consistent. He's winning more points, but he still says, "Well, it doesn't feel as good." So there's. Do you get what I'm saying there? The haptic response he gets from smashing a ball, but he's willing to lose it every. It doesn't but work. Point, but at some point, so this is the things I would say is that at some point when, when he was a wee tot or somewhere, somebody didn't work with him on trying to vary up his game, have more tools in the toolbox. Somebody didn't. And he carried that through as an operating principle. That's an operating principle. Me play tennis. Me feel good when me hit ball hard. Right. That's his operating principle. So no one worked with him on that. And um. And, and also as a result, that to him is the defining feature of tennis. That's tennis. And somebody should say, well, if you want to do that, go to the batting cages. <laughs> but I'm saying tennis can, is a game of finesse. No matter how many times you see pros batting balls back and forth as hard as they possibly can, it's still a game of finesse. 
because the best pro in the world will, t- will tell you if they can end the point through using a tactical means that is not smashing the ball, they'll do it. It's less stress on their body, so when you and say, they'll do it. But when you say finesse, be specific again. Yeah. You're talking about technique. I, you're talking about movement yeah. and technique and how they marry but together. I, but when I also say finesse, I'm saying that finesse implies to me, my dad always taught me that finesse, you want to finesse the ball because finesse is... It gives you much more opportunity. It's more artful in the way that you play tennis. It's much more artful and you look more sophisticated and you have less, you have more options and it puts less stress on the body and people can actually appreciate that you set, you set the the point up like that and you actually did it. You know what I mean? They can, and you, and you feel better about your game because you're like, yeah, if I want to hit the ball, I can crush it, but I don't really need to. Because if you have the other operating system of finesse, you're in control. I, right. I, th- I think, yeah, I think, yeah, exactly. Like you're controlling you, the point. you hit it. You said it better than I did. The, the control factor. When you have finesse, you have better control. You have control of yourself, not the game necessarily, but you have control of yourself. So when you have somebody that in their brain, and the guess that that's what I was trying to, and I, maybe I said it awkwardly, awkwardly, that, this is the way I want to win the point. And the polar opposite is what they should be doing. And they can't get out of the one operation system they're working with. That's everybody needs to get to like, listen, you're a better player when you do this, but I don't like that. So let me give you the example. My sons, when they come up and they, they come up to the service line, they're trying to finish the point. You know, let's say it's a, it's a lob to the KZ or something happens. I, from the sidelines, will coach them, and I'll be like, easy, 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 easy. Like, I keep saying that over and over and over. Easy, easy, easy. And the reason I do that is because it's a perfect opportunity. You got a light ball. You're just like, oh, yeah, man, here we go. I'm going to just. And the reality is, is that you're probably going to overhit it. <laughs> you're probably going to you're gonna overhit it. Or, you know, wouldn't you feel really bad if you hit somebody, you hit the other guy, even if you don't like him, that's going to be weird on you or you're going to dump it in the net. I mean, it really, but there's a million other ways to end it at that point. So anyway, I didn't want to get too far. Afield. No, 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 we're not though. Okay. We don't. You're, you're just, now I had also said in my voice message myself. Yeah. Again, this has to connect with what this does. It has to. I think it does connect to what we're talking about here. The game is basically in silence, but yet and we don't coach in silence. There's nothing we do where there's large swatches of quiet in our practice sessions, either right. as a group or as a private, which goes to me back to your cognitive runway, is that if we're filling the runway with a lot of jargon and a lot of speak and a lot of noise, how are they to process? It'd be like if the control tower, when you're getting ready to take off, was if you ever do you ever listen to that stuff when you fly? It's kind of fun. Oh I mean, no, it's, it's cool. It's kind of fun and it's kind of cool, but it's very sparse. You know, <clears throat> you know, it's American Airlines one two three. Proceed, you know, proceed left on runway one four eight. American Airlines copy one two three, proceeding left on right runway one four eight. And then meanwhile, they're working buttons and dials and switches and they're, 
running over their checklist of how their pre-flight checklist of how's everything going and are we are we set to do this whole thing and they're cognitively processing but imagine if they were like hey did you guys see that movie last night oh my god that was so much fun you know um you know have you checked the wheels on the plane because it looks like that left tire might be a little bit flat and also when you're gonna do this and you go to take off and you bank left make sure that you right these guys would be like can you shut the f up i'm getting ready to fly <laughs> I'm getting ready to fly a giant gas bomb with 300 people up in the air. Gas bomb. And I, and I got to make sure we don't crash. And you are babbling on about my stuff. So shut up. I got to do this. Right. And that's imagine if we did that to pilots, they'd be like, I can't fly. I mean, you, what are you doing? You're gunking up my runway. Ah, Gunking up the runway on the gas bomb. <laughs> That's hilarious. So if we're going to fixate, let's go all the way back now to one element of something. And we need them like the open stance with the foot angle. And we need our students to process that, to actually think about it. There needs to be stillness. There needs to be quiet. There needs to be a moment where they can just process it and make sure that it's not a fleeting moment. Because if it's a fleeting moment, nothing they won't reflect on it. And they'll, right? And I think, you know what's funny? When it comes to my energy flow disc golf lesson, the first one where I misread what was happening with the girls. Now that, again, this is why it's good to talk about things. I, I recommend that everybody just has conversations with themselves or somebody else or leave voice messages for themselves to process. Now that I'm at, and this is hitting me right now, because there was more silence than laughing, I misinterpreted the cognitive runway and I wanted to gunk it up with, Gap, go for it. <laughs> That was my problem. The silence annoyed me. It made me second. And isn't this in fact the same thing we do when we're when we're watching tennis and the commentators are talking? They almost feel a little uncomfortable with the silence. Isn't this the same thing that happens? I mean, golf doesn't. <clears throat> yeah, golf does. Go golf leaves. Golf is like. Uh, <laughs> I mean, you're like <laughs> is someone. Is someone there? Is no, someone there? No, and, and, then, and then the voice comes in like, okay, he's, uh, he's going over the uh, eight right. iron right now. Right. And then it's, no, actually, actually I think, went, oh, he went for the six. <laughs> right. And, and you're right. like, oh, right. Like, wait, hold on. But it's, it's like, kind of like baseball, right? Right. You're like, yeah, you're hanging on to the, actually, I find the commentating in golf actually more interesting than the actual play of the game. Right. Which I think is, ironic although it's tough because you're they're both you know you got to be into it to be like there it's weird i hate golf but i can watch golf i find that really odd just like hockey it's I, very hypnotic yeah it's just hypnotic. All, the whole thing but i don't want to play it i right. have no interest in playing right. it. you know i think but i think what we said here is really important because it comes full circle we you know you have to what you're real what we're really saying here is that you have to make up your own mind and that you have to be a critical thinker about this stuff and that you 
these people, whether they're professionals or they're commentators, can give you certain viewpoints and certain tools. But at the end of the day, you have to take it apart for yourself. You have to take it apart for yourself and you have to look at it and be like, wait a minute, what happened here? But as, but as, as, as tennis educators, we need to do, a, I need to do a better job. We all need to do a better job of creating the cognitive runway and the space in order to, and, and slow down in order, also in, in order to get them to see these little details and then <clears throat> not misinterpret yes. their lack of enthusiasm as we interpret it. Or not even lack of enthusiasm. It just could be misinterpret their emotional response, whatever it is. Right, because I don't think thinking is looks like <laughs> well not just that right? but what is if that? what if a kid gets angry you're talking about the instance where the kid is flat or where somebody's flat emotionally but what if the kid gets angry right well i so think you, I you might be getting be thinking, angry though is more of i understand it right i got it but my bot the brain ready right my brain right my body right the brain body connection isn't there i think that's right that's for me too is <clears throat> And I still get pissy with myself in a lesson sure. where I know what I want to do and I get why I'm doing it, but I'm like, come on, right. <laughs> you know, and I'm just right. not lift with your legs. And I'm like, come on today, lift. And it doesn't happen. Yeah. I do get, I think that's where the frustration comes in. Right. No, I agree. It, because that's a recognition of what you need to do. Right. But just don't as the, the point is, is that you have to make up your own mind. And, and you have to, I think as the consumer of something, you have to make up your own mind, which these girls did with Frisbee golf. But then as the provider of something, you have to not make up their mind. Oh. I rocked my brain. You, you just, I kicked that baby. No, no, no. I just got to give me a second there. You're right. I made up their minds for them. I, I did. Yeah. That's a really good, don't make up your students' minds for them. Yeah. Let them tell you. Yeah. Check in with them. Wait for the feedback. Let your, don't gunk up your cognitive runway. As a coach also, or as a teacher, or as a parent. Let it, let the plane take off, and then let it land exit the plane and then see what happens tennis rockers baby you just rock my brain come on say it you rock my body Woo, tennis rockers baby <laughs>